a, a few thoughts from Rav Gifter on Parshas Matas and Parshas Masay. So it really, if, if you look at the two parashas, we see an extraordinary juxtaposition within the two parashas. Um, first of all, I want to share with you that the, um, because it doesn't bring this, that in the Sefer, um, there's a Sefer, Tami Minhagim, it was a Likut about 100 years ago, a little over 100 years ago, um, various different Chesidish sources, Kabbalistic sources, Halachic sources, from any of the Minhagim which we have. And amongst the things which he talks about, he talks about the fascinating thing that if you look at the if you look at the end of Simon Tov Chav Ches and Arachayim in the in the tour, he has a, he has a calendar, as it were. He has a chart, a table which we use to figure out the calculations of how the parshias go, when they're connected, when they're not connected, etc. And you'll notice a fascinating thing that Matus Mase is the most commonly connected parsha. So, for example, let's say this year in Eretz Yisrael, so um, we were off, Chusar's Eretz Yisrael were off a week. At some point in time, Eretz Yisrael divided to Parshish, which we combined, and now we're with the same place. So, we read Chukas Bolak together, they read Chukas and Bolak as two separate weeks. Now, any Balkari would have said, if you'd ask him, he'd prefer that they should divide Matas Mase. Then the right Chukas Bolok, because Matas Masay is much longer than Chukas Bolok. So, like, like why divide Chukas Bolok and be forced to combine Matas Masay, leave Chukas Bolok together and divide Matas Masay, right? So, it does happen sometimes that Matas Masay are separate. So, he says over there that the reason, being a few reasons, one of the reasons why we combine Matas Masay as much as possible, because when you combine Matas Masay as much as possible, what happens is that Parshas Pinchas is in the three weeks. If you would separate Matos and Masi from each other, so the three Shabbosas of, of the three weeks would be Matos, Masi, and Devorim. Devorim is always the Shabbos before Tishabot. So if you're going to divide Matos Masi, you're going to leave Parshas Pinchas out of the three weeks. It's going to be before the three weeks. So, so, now, so why is it so important to include Parshas Pinchas in the three weeks? So he has two suggestions of two different sources give two different answers. One is because the three weeks talks about the Kurban of the Basin Mikdash, reading Parshas Pinchas, which talks about the Karbonis, in the three weeks would be a school that, that we should be looking at the Karbonis back to talk about talk about the Karbonis is an appropriate thing to talk about during the three weeks. But then he says a different answer is because if you look at the, the Parshas of Pinchas, Matas, Masse, and Devorim, they all talk about getting our Israel. In Parshas Pinchas, we have the story of the Bnei Slavchlad, that there, come, there was, we, we have the minion of Klai Yisrael, which was the minion of the Boya Oretz, and these are going to be the people which are going to receive a portion of Eretz Yisrael. And Bnei Slavchlad came and says, well, we should get a portion. There's a whole conversation about getting portions in Eretz Yisrael. Matus talks about the, the Bnei Gormei Ruven getting their portion in Eretz Yisrael, where they're getting their portion, etc. Masa goes through the, through the Gvulim of Eretz Yisrael. And then at the end of the parasha, it talks about how the Bratislavchot had to marry within the Shevet in order that they keep the Nachla in the right place. And in the, in the parasha of Devorim, Moshe Rabbeinu recounts the whole story of eventually that he's told, Alei Rosh, Alei Reish, and go and conquer Eretz Yisrael. And, and it recounts the conquest of Sichel which is the beginning of the process of conquering Eretz Yisrael. 
So in these weeks which, we, which we've lost Eretz Yisrael, we want to talk about the parshias which talk about receiving Eretz Yisrael as a schus or a counterbalance. So in order to keep parshas pinchas in the the context of the three weeks, we were forced to include to always combine matas masse whenever that's possible. Okay. So these are the parshas which talk about really talk about a lot about the day of Kaiser receiving Eretz Yisrael. Okay, um, we have at the end of Masse that the um, Shevet Yosef comes and complains that the Moslavkod um, are going to marry um, somebody who's not from not from the, their Shevet. So the Nachla, which belongs to the, 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 the Shevet of Menashe, is going to now be taken away to another Shevet. So, so Rebuther points out this is there are thir- there are thirty two thousand men in the in the, in the Shevet Menashe. If you start adding men under the age of twenty, men over the age of sixty, and the women. Arguably, you have about 100,000 people in that Shevet. Five women are going to marry out of the, the, of the Shevet. And their Nakhla is going to be taken away from the Nakhla of Menashe and given to a different Shevet. And they come and they complain about it to Mershon. And Mershon says, you know, it's a good point. And they should marry in Dafka into the Mishpacha the shaman of Menashe. Okay? If that's not a good rate, that's not a very high ratio, right? These are five people who got a Chalukah, which means out of, out of the 32,000 who got a Chalukah, 31,995 are, are, are men, and they're staying in the Shevet. And five are going out. So my mathematician will give me the ratio, what percentage that is, right? It's not a very high percentage, right? It's if it's five out if it's five out of out of thirty two thousand, right? Right. So it's one in every six thousand, you know, six thousand and a little bit, right? One every six thousand is not is not a very high ratio, and the the Torah tells me that they have a shevet Menashe is complaining about this. They're, you know, they're very being very nitpicky about holding on to their nachla. And the Pesach seem to say that's a good taina. The Bershom, they raised this taina, Vikravu, and the, and, um, and the Bershom says, came back to Moshe, tell them, came out there, but Yosef, Doivrim, it's a good point. said, the Rosh Hashim Hashem, and this is Hashem's command to rectify this issue. So here we have people which are being very, very mocked, but on, quote unquote, their money. And the Bershom praises them. It says it's a very good point. At the end of Parshish Matos, we have the Bnei Ruben, Bnei Gadol Bnei Ruben coming and saying we have a lot of sheep. We want a nachla which is going to maintain our sheep. And Mashabenu faults them that they're too much into their money. So the juxtaposition of the two parashiyas about how to take the attitude towards the money, here they're being extremely makbid and it's seemingly something which is insignificant. Five people are marrying out Right. Even Vaita is interesting. There's a machlokes in Chazal how long this is of, of a, a woman who received nachla, 
has an Isra marrying out of the Shevet. Some say it was only for that generation, not subsequent generations. Some say the exact opposite. It was for subsequent generations, but actually, Benoslofchad were allowed to marry out. Because the Archive of says that even though they were allowed to marry out, the Apostle says that they did. They, they married in, for Farish Apostle, they married into Badafka, the Shevet Yosef, and Menashe. And um, the, um, the Zipporah says, that not only did they marry, they married the process that they made. They married Livnei Dodehem. They married not only in the same Shevet, but even in the same family. That's how that, they were very frum. Right? This idea that that that, that should stay in the family is a very very chash of a thing. Um. So, um, and by and by by the by 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 by. by Shevet Ruvain and Shevet God and half of Shevet Shevet Menashe. Rashi says that the Moshe Rabbeinu faulted them that they were focused on their money, and they're facing themselves outside of the main corpus of Klai Yisrael in the other side of the Yarde, and that's going to affect them eventually. That they're going to their spiritual level is going to decline, and therefore they end up going into Golus first out of all of the members of Klai Yisrael. The 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 the, the, the those Shvatim were sent to Golas first because they were too much focused on their money. Okay, so let's try and um, understand the balance. So, so, Chazal said that Tzadikim, that the Memorium is Chavilam Yosem Egufam. So why would that be? So we, we spoke about this once, the idea that, we, that Rodesha says that the, the possessions that the Russian gives you are the kalim that he's giving you to serve a Kaddish Baruch The Russian is giving you the wherewithal to serve him, as you each person has their own specific purpose in life. The Russian is going to give them the wherewithal to serve him. So he's going to give them the financial resources that they're supposed to have. So one person will be, will be poor, and his service is by learning to deal with poverty. One person's service is by being rich and using the money to uh, in the appropriate ways. Um, etc. But it's it's a point of Caleb, and then included in the Caleb are the person's upbringing, culture, all of that is part of your Caleb. I mean, Gifta says a little bit differently. He says that um, let's go back a step. What's like that we have a we have a we have a goof? Why do we have a goof? Like what's the purpose of the goof? Right? Um, he says the purpose of the goof. It's also for, for mitzvahs. The, the, the true antis of the person is in the Shama. The Shama is living in, 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 with the Kodesh Borah. It's, it's, it's very happy. The, 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 the mission says in office that we, the Shama is forced to come down to this world. does not want to come down to this world. So they, they show the Shama this wonderful goof. And he says, really? i got to go to that thing? He says, no, no, it's a good thing for you. It's good. So, so why is it good? So, if the conversation taking place is what says, because this is going to be the vehicle which will allow you to do mitzvahs. So, the purpose of a goof is to be the vehicle to allow us to do mitzvahs. The Russian gave a mitzvah to put on tefillin on our arm. The Russian said, I'm going to give you an arm. Right? The Shama doesn't have an arm to put tefillin on. The Russian said, I'm going to give you an arm. I'm going to give you a head. Why do you have a head? You have a head to wear tefillin. Right? We, we, we sometimes come from another direction. We have a head. Now, the Russian gave us a mitzvah tefillin. But the Russian created the world. Like, what was the, what was that about? The Russian has a world which the purpose of the of the neshama coming to this world. 
the purpose of that is to do is to is is to overcome this yardus, right? The Mesech Sharma says, to serve a kaddish particle, and to withstand the challenges that are going to be given to him in this world. So from that vantage point, money is the exact same thing as the body. If I if I start looking at myself as an ashama, and the body is just a, a vehicle to allow my neshama to do what it's supposed to be accomplishing in this world. So the the money is just like another aver. It's like another it's another part of your body. It's not any it's not it's not distinct from you. As much as the Russian put it in your hands in this period of time. So it's a type of it's a type of aver which you can take on and put off, you know, t- and take off and put on sometimes. You have the money, you spend it, you get more money, etc. But you know, your arm usually stays attached to you. Right? So the money, you know, comes and goes. Because I'll say, why do they refer, the, the more refers to the money as Zuzi? So I'll say, why is it called Zuzi? Because it zuz, it, it, it goes, it, it moves. It leaves, it goes from this person to that person. Right? It doesn't stay put. Money doesn't stay put. And I guess I'm, I'm a billionaire. Yeah, you're a billionaire. And eventually all the money goes to somebody else. The guy passes away, and the money's gone. He says, but from the vantage points that, um, of from that vantage point, so money has an advantage over the rest of your body, mm-hmm. because this the the, the, the goof the Russian gave us the goof, but the money, in a certain sense, we earned it. We you know we physically raised the money. We were, we were careful in the mitzvahs which are relevant. We're careful because I'll say that tzaddikim, because in Persian midday megazim. So the money was generated through a mitzvah. The process of, of the care that a person has not to steal makes it that the, the, this part of my goof, this extension of my goof called money, I generated through mitzvah. So that sense it's more covered than anything else. The Russia gave me my hands. I, 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 can't, I didn't generate my hands through a mitzvah. I didn't generate my hands. The Russia generated the hands. The money, to a certain sense, uh, the Russia allowed me to generate through the mitzvah of being careful of, uh, in, in, in my, in my dinner momentous. So this is an extension which I created. Of course, it's very dear to me. Because I'll say that something which you, you make on your own is more common to you than the, something which is much more valuable, but uh, it wasn't yours. Del Carnegie has a great story about, um, I'm not remembering the guy's name, a, a salesperson that the Eastman, when George Eastman was, was um, dedicating the Eastman Theater in Rochester, so this fellow wanted, wanted to get the... Uh, he was a salesperson. He wanted to get the sale of the upholstering of all the chairs in the theater. So he calls up and he pushes and he pulls. Eventually gets this meeting with Mr. Eastman. Like He's, he's going to make a sales pitch why his theater chairs, upholstery, is the best theater chair upholstery that there is. Okay, all right. So um, he's told beforehand by the the manager or the secretary, whoever it is, is that Mr. Eastman's time is very valuable, which was, you know, and he have exactly uh, 15 minutes, and he walks into the office, and the, the story goes that he saw that the, 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 he has the first camera that uh, that George Eastman had, 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 had developed. So he asked him, like, you know, that, well, that's extraordinary, whatever, you know, can you tell me the story? He had the story I, that he sat there for an hour and a half talking about the original, the early days of how Howard he had to work, etc. Then he says, you know, 
I'm pretty handy. I made that. You know, I, mean, I, I, I painted my chairs at home. You want to come see my chairs that I painted at home? He takes them to his house. He shows them the chairs that he painted. This guy's a multimillionaire in the days before income tax, you know, when you were really rich, you know, right? The, the, gilded, the gilded Age, right? And he's showing off that he, he bought these, these wicker chairs, these, these, these cane chairs that he painted by himself, and he's showing them off to the guy. So I remember when I was reading the piece over there, I said, well, this is Mamash Chazal saying, Ruiz Hadamar Kapshaloi. The guy's a multi-billionaire, right? Multi- in, in our terms, he's probably equivalent to a billionaire. And he's, he's you know, these are chairs which you get for $25 at, at Woolworths, you know. I love a Jolim, right? right? So, like, so, um, and he's like so proud of it because he made it. So, because I'll say, the, the more the more Bamansiya says, a person would rather have one cow that he made than ten cow that somebody else would give him. All right, more see in the third parak. So the money is more clever than the goof because the money is mitzvah. It's an extension of who I am. So have we ever thought about Eretz Yisrael, like you know, Eretz Yisrael is holy and we know that it's kedusha, etc. But why in the world did Russia make a a Torah that it's specifically the vast majority of the mitzvahs are, are mekuyim through Eretz Yisrael, owning it, land in Eretz Yisrael? Having Eretz Yisrael. It's a very Mugushim thought process. You know, Kaisal is very holy, you know, and we, we, we're very spiritual. We go to mountaintops, we say we, we just forgo any physical ownership, and we just sit there in the mountaintops and we sit there and we contemplate and we meditate, you know. That's not Torah. Right? Torah is very specific about the idea that we're going to get a land, we're going to work the land, we're going to have mitzvahs about to do with the land. Now, it's, it's like, okay, well, you got to live, but the Russian didn't have to make the world like this. The Russian made a world where, yes, you're, you're going to be forced to work, you're going to be forced, etc., and that's the way you're going to serve a Kodesh Baruchu. You didn't have to make the world that the service is through this very physical expression. But he did. So in that sense, the shame at Yosef comes along and says, what do you mean we're going to give up an inch of our, of our nachla? And the Russian put this nachla as part of shame, each shame had a purpose of Klai So each shame had a different function. And if, we're, if this, we were given these three, three, 32,000 parcels, we're not giving up even one parcel. Because that's the, the purpose of us as a unit requires 32,000 parcels. Not, not 31,995, 32,000. So they were coming with a very good argument. So, but again, yeah, but if, if, you, if you're coming from the argument that your goal is of Hashem, and you understand the Bershom chose that the way we're going to serve Kodesh is through physical ownership, property ownership and physical possessions. And that's going to be a form of service. And that's going to be a form of service which in a certain sense it's it's in some ways more dear to us because it's the effort which we put in which generates it. More than the body which we gave, we're given as a matana. So we're not willing to be mavatara on, on that opportunity. So we're not throwing out a, a, a mashahu of the land. So you tell me, you know, but it's one sixth, six thousandth of the pro, of, of the of the land, even less. It's not even not even that, right? I don't care. 
So it's point zero one six percent. My math, David, my math right? Yeah, yeah, whatever. Okay, right. Okay, you can do it in the calculator to see if I'm right. Okay, right. So, um, you know, what, what's the difference? It's a penny. It's a pruta. The Russian gave me that pruta. It's so you know, we don't live in this world because you know we live in a world with such ravchis. The idea, like we spoke about, you know, we can't. We don't have a choice. We can't hold on to all of our property. We've got our minds. You know, this, right? But there was a world not so long ago where. 60, 70 years ago, even in America, where people were penny pitchers. Like, nobody's a penny pitcher nowadays. Like, out of your mind? Like, who? Like, a penny? But once upon a time, not so long ago, 60, a penny. People respected the value of every little. That, that wasn't a bad thing. If you make your focus on life money, it's a bad thing. If you realize that money is a vehicle for accomplishments, which can be very positive things. So every penny is valuable. But I wrote, but I got to my ruvain. Said, you know, we, we have all these sheep. We have to care of them. We have to find the right property. We, we, we're taking care of our money. Right? Sounds good. Mr. Benu says, no, no, no. You got, you, 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 there's, there's, there's something funny about how you said it. It's all, it's an extension of you. It's valuable. And it's, 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 it's important. Yeah, but why do you mention your animals before your kids? Where'd that come from? Ah, there's something about the money which is drawing you. That's a problem. Eventually, this is going to play out 800 years from now. You're going to the goals before the rest of Claudius. So money is Chav of Yosem on the one hand. And the Torah is, is not only respecting, but endorsing Shevet Yosef, Shevet Menashe's Taina of we're going to lose part of our Nachla. How can you take away part of our nachla? And the Russians says, that's a good point. And the same time, we have Chati Shevet Menasha, which is getting, it's, it's a very dangerous place to be focused on money. Right? The, it's, it's a very good time, but that, that, that sometimes you're going to step over the line and then, then the, the focus becomes the money because of the money. Not because of, it's a it, it's a it's a vehicle of a vodazisha, so that's mamish the, the 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 contrast and the two parshias. Uh, so I, I don't know. I, I'm not going to say the time of time and hogim, but the said that we always lay matzus masi together. I think it's a fascinating thing. We have the story of of, of Shevet Menasha on one side being faulted that they're they're too interested in money. We have the story of Shevet Menashe being very, very tiny, very, 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 very makbed on their nachla, on their money, and the, the Russians saying that's a good time. Both are true. And we lay both parishes together 90, 90% at a time, 95% at a time, because we need to see both sides of that picture. If you just read Parshas Matos and you walk in Parshas Matos and say, oh, my, <laughs> money. You just read Parshas Matos and say, oh, money. You know, so, you know, like, you know so what are you going to do? You know, okay, so you know, some of us know the story. What's going to happen? You know, the famous mice that they say in Europe. Many of the women didn't know how to read, so there was uh, there's a woman called the Zagarka. Zagarka was a woman who was who was able to read, and she used to lead them and tell them. Sometimes she also used to read the Senna Reena to the women, 
every every Shabbos. She used to, go, she used to be the center center, which is the base of the story of the parasha. So as the story goes, the one woman, they want, you know, one year, when she get, they get the parasha, the parasha Yosef is being sold by his brothers, parasha of Yeshev, and you know, she's crying. It's a horrible story. The brother sells, you know, the brothers sell their brother down to Mitzra, to, to, to foreign country. He's a slave. It's just a horrible, she's just like crying. It's like such a sad story. You know, the woman, you know, very, very emotional, etc. Now, next year, she gets to the story. The woman sits there like this. So says, like, you know, like, you know, what happened last year? You were so emotional. He says, listen, if he was stupid enough to let himself get sold again, what do you want from me? I, you know, like, well, I should cry for him. Uh, you know, by her, the story was taking place, you know. So, yeah, we know after Matos comes Masay, but the Maisa, when you read Matos alone, you just have Matos, you know. So, make the Rav, it's a Taina, there's money. Okay, so we should not pass Masay. They're being mocked, but on, you know, you know, this, this, very, very, very minute amount of money of the, of the shevet. It's, and it's not, it's just leaving their shevet. And that's a good time. Um, so I'm paraphrasing what the Rashiva said on this. I think it's a little more than what the, you know, there's a little more in, in what, but, but this was the horror, I guess that's the best way of saying it, is this is the horror that I had reading what the Rashiva wrote. Okay, so some of it's Rosh Hashiva, some of it's me. You know, the good part is Rashiva, you know, where Rashiva ends and where I begin, that's a very dangerous place to go. So he adds at the end, um, so in the Haftarah, which we we read on Tishnah morning, a Sifem, right? So at the end of the the whole Haftarah, which is this horrible Nevoah about the destruction, etc., there's two psukim at the ends, which I that Kayam Hashem, right? Right? Don't don't boast about the fact that you that you're you're smart, that you're strong, right? But that's not. What should you boast about? That you that you know about God. So I don't know. My shmuz and yeshiva was don't boast. Period. So I said, listen, you're gonna boast anyway. The mice to Mr. Balgaifa, but you know why? So you know, okay, at least pick the right thing to boast about. That doesn't sound like it's shot in the basic. This is what a person should be mishalel about. So the Rashiva doesn't ask the question um, um, in, in so many words, but the way he was saying it, that the point was that a person sees everything as a vehicle to serve Kadosh Baruch Hu. So the Haskel Yadoyosim makes the Chachma Chachma, it makes the Gevura Gevura, it makes the Ashiras. Ashiras, that now is a, is a vehicle for Vodas Hashem. So, I'm not, it's not, it's, you're not supposed to go around boasting about it. What the Pazik is saying is, don't look at Ashiras as something which you, you, should, you should praise Ashiras. But you know what? You know what you should praise? That the Bershom allowed you to have this vehicle to serve Kaddish Baruch Hu. Not that you're supposed to praise yourself that you're extraordinary, you're wonderful. So I, I, 
uh, lately we've been talking about you know um, the timely topics. You know, it's really for Ari's purpose sake because you know he does, has to deal with Kirov a little bit, but right. So, um, so the, the latest thing nowadays is it goes something along with this: the, the best person in the world is the victim. He's the biggest. He's the best person in the world. And the more victim that you are, the better you are. And a person who's not a victim at all, but he's privileged, he's horrible, and he's evil, and he's rough. You know, that, that's, that's basically how the, the narrative goes nowadays. Right? Okay? So, uh, my comment is like this. A person who's privileged is supposed to say thank you to Kodesh Baruch Privilege is not bad. Privilege is a machayv to say thank you. And a person who's a victim, who doesn't have that privilege, we feel bad for him. And we would like to make sure that see we could give an opportunity. He should, he should also have privilege. Right? Privilege isn't bad. The, the narrative has now been that, that if, if you're privileged, you're bad. You know what? You're right. I have certain privileges over other people. Let's say that they're right. Okay, so say thank you to the country. So we spoke about this a little bit. Like, you know, little, so that's what the Pasuk is saying. The praise over here is not the praise about you. Is a praise about a Kodesh I, I have to set, stop there and think, you know, you know what, the Bershom made me an usher. That's such an extraordinary opportunity that he gave me to be hostile, to know him through that. The Bershom made me a Chacham. The Bershom made me a Gibor. The Bershom gave me Kalim to come to be aware of him and know him beyond most other people. So you know what, Bershom, thank you. So that's the, the praise over here, the heel over here is not the heel about yourself. It's the heel to Gersh Borahu. So we're saying if you if you praise wisdom or strength or money by itself, and that's all you see is that, so what are you praising? Then you're talking about yourself. If you see it as a vehicle to serve Kodesh Baruch, as a Haskell of Yudayosi to come to know Kodesh Baruch Hu intimately, the, the Russian gave you a special matana different than everybody else. So it means you have a special relationship with him. So you've used that as a vehicle to get to know him better. That's an extraordinary thing that you have to you have to really recognize how wonderful, special that is, and and and, and say thank you. So maybe that's the shot in, in, in the pasuk. So um, you know, so we don't look at wealth as a bad thing. Wealth is an extraordinary thing. Right? It's a extraordinary vehicle to serve a kodesh but wealth can be very distracting. Right? So the Pesach says, the Mishlei says that Penivoris Rigonafti, if I become poor, I'm, I'm, I'm worried that I might then resort to stealing. And Penesva Bekikashti, I'm going to become satiated, full, you know, rich, and I'll deny Kadosh Boruchu, because I have Gaib at that point in time. So, you know, like you're, you're, yeah, it's very hard. See, nowadays, rich people also steal. It used to be like, you know, the rich people weren't stealing, right? So, um, nowadays, probably being rich is stealing, but, you know, sometimes, you know, in America. Um, you know, uh, it, it, but what, the, 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 the point of respecting the value of money, now, I have to tell you, on a, on a, on a practical level, it's very difficult, right? A very difficult thing. I had a conversation with somebody who uh, talked about the key of Meiser. They, they were not very excited about giving Meiser because they, they don't want to give away their their money. Right? 
Kashmir's money, right? So, as a fundraiser, what I found, I mentioned this to you that certain people are very comfortable giving money. They spend money very easily, and they give money to Stucker very easily. Certain people don't spend money very easily, and they don't give money to Stucker very easily either. Right? There's people which are Mephazrim for themselves and for Stucker. There's people who are Mekamsim for themselves and for Stucker. There's a people which spend a lot of money on themselves, very little on Stucker. And there's a people which spend a lot on Stucker, very little on themselves. Right? So categories one, two, and three are fairly common. Category number four is the least common of the four of the of the of them all. But most people are in the first two categories. Certain people are very comfortable giving out money. They'll get spent. They'll buy something very easily for themselves, and they'll give stuff very easily. This idea that the Bereshim gave it to me as a, as something as a special relationship with him. And I have to have a curse of time with that. And yes, it doesn't mean I can't spend it myself. But it means that I have to understand that when I'm saying to myself that, that the Russian, was, as it were, was privileging me and giving me something unique and special that I can have certain luxuries, comforts, whatever it is, which will allow me to be, a, be more of a manucha and serve him better. And then I have, a, and that's fine. Right? You know, nobody's arguing nowadays that it would be better that we should not have washing machines and we should be washing the clothes by hands. Right, it's it's potentially cheaper than buying a washing machine. I mean, maybe over over a long period of time, it's not right, but it it it, it takes a lot of time, a lot of effort. You know, wears you out. Right, right. Uh, we're not arguing that uh, refrigerators. We're all pretty ha- pretty happy with refrigerators. Right, instead of ha- having the, you know to deal with ice boxes, air conditioning. You know, uh, air conditioning is a very scary thing to get used to air conditioning. I grew up without air conditioning as a kid, you know. Who, who could afford air conditioning? We had we had a window unit in one room, which is put on, like, you know, five times a year, you know, the five hottest days of the summer, you know. You went to bed, you had fans, which was already a luxury, you had fans, you know, right? And you were sweating, you know, that was, that was, that was the summer, right? You know, for the older generation of it, right? I remember the first time I, I, was, I slept in the dorm, I was, I think I was 21 years old, I moved in with a roommate who was willing to pay. To, he bought a, an old air-conditioning unit, and you had to pay for the extra electricity in the dorm hotels if you wanted to have an air-conditioning unit in the summer. And I had, had four weeks in the summer, which I, was, I slept in an air-conditioned room. It was the first time in my life, I was 21 years old, I slept in an air-conditioned room. I... But now, well, you know, we sleep without air conditioning. The, the, the heat is, you know, the energy, uh, you have the power goes down and you have no air conditioning. Like, we can't sleep. We get stuck. It's not a good thing, necessarily, you know. But, but, but what's my attitude supposed to be? Well, I can sleep. The Russian gave me something which allowed me to have more miracles and nefesh. For what purpose? Like, but, but, like, we always have to, you know, be aware that there's a bigger picture, and where do we fit in this bigger picture? And that's the, the difference between Parshas Matos and, and the Tainan Ben Gadol Meruvain and Parshas and Parshas Mase with by the by the Bnei Yosef. Okay, that's the thought. So. Basically, it's, it's not Nutara. It's Chazar Sashir. 
discuss this before. But I think the context of the B'nai, the, the two parishes together just it hit me. It hit, it hit me this year. Shimon doesn't talk about the the the, 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 the juxtaposition. But he talks about the two parishes. Each place talks about. It, and said, you know, oh my gosh, look at that juxtaposition which which we're seeing in the parishes. So the, it's like something which is, it's, it's it's staring you in the face and you never noticed it. Or I never noticed it before until this year. So, okay, how's everybody doing?